Good evening. My name is Barbara Goodwill Bischoff. I'm acting mayor this evening uh, for Robert Nelson. I wish to call to order the Monday, November 6th meeting of City Hall. Dan, would you please call the roll? Council members Wendling? Here. Goodwill Bischoff? Here. Dirks? Would you please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Are there any additions or corrections to the agenda? Okay. Uh, discussions from the floor. This evening we have Chief Dan Redka here from SBM Fire Department, and we're very happy to see you. And could you please go up to the podium? And, and All right. Thank you, Acting Mayor, Council, Administrator Bucholtz. Uh, this will serve as our quarterly update. Um, I've got a lot to go through. I'm just going to jump right into it. Um, over the past couple weeks here, we've gotten, again, we're, we're getting into that season where we start seeing a lot more fires. Last week was no exception. Um, we had a couple significant fires um, Thursday, early Thursday morning. One in Moundsview, then we also assisted down at Columbia Heights at a large house fire. <clears throat> um, just quick on that one, crews responded to that call. We got toned out right before midnight. It ended up being a second alarm. That's what brings SPM. We're not a first alarm mutual aid company that goes to... Uh, Columbia Heights, but because of the nature of the call, potential of victims and whatnot, we were called in for that. So our crews responded from Moundsview, which we were operating on that structure fire in Moundsview, went down there. Myself, Chief Two, also went down there. We, we arrived and uh, were quickly put into uh, divisions to try to figure out what we're going to do with that call. And unfortunately, like we said, we located a victim and pulled them out. The reason I bring this up, there's a perfect example of what's going on in the fire service right now. Uh, we had six departments on scenes from three different counties, and we had very low numbers of firefighters. With the amount of trucks in cities and counties, it's just a perfect example of what's going on in the fire service. Our numbers continue to drop. SBM, I'll talk about that shortly, but uh, our numbers in the fire service continue to drop. <clears throat> We're trying to figure out what we need to do to, you know, you know, keep our numbers up. We're trying to create that culture where people want to be part of an organization like SPM or the fire service as a whole. Um, because of our box alarm system that we built, built out, we were able to mitigate the problem. We had enough units coming in, but historically, you know, you would have been to put a fire out that, you know, with two cities, no problem. But like I said, we had six cities from three counties on that fire. So um, box alarm system worked just how it should. But uh, again, we continue to have issues with staffing. Uh, good news on staffing, we just got done graduating four SPM uh, cadets that went through the fire academy. As you know, we've been making a major push to try to get our numbers up. We needed to get our numbers up over 20 firefighters, which is unheard of. But uh, we made the commitment. We, uh, we ended up hiring a, a position specific for recruiting, retention, and marketing, because the key was marketing our fire department. We had to get it out there. And uh, we were very successful. We got our first four through EMT and uh, Fire 1, Fire 2. Now they'll be jumping into the SBM Academy, which basically that is, is just 
introduce themselves to our trucks, our equipment, our operations, and how we do things, then they'll be responding. We have another nine that are jumping into the academy come January, and then we've got another 12 on a list. So we're getting our numbers where we need to, where we need to be. So a uh, little bit dangerous when you start talking, I won't say dangerous, but not an ideal situation. We have that many new people coming on at one time. I think uh, Chief Antoine can, uh, can agree with me. When you have a, a department full of rookies, it makes things a little more difficult. So, um, but we're confident in our training. We're confident in our training division that they'll be able to get them up to speed on what we need them to do. So, um, continuing on uh, with our, our, our recruiting and our new folks, one of the things I got to talk about, I got to give the keynote speech at the academy at the graduation. And I talked to the recruits, we talked about how they will not, unfortunately, get to be the rookies very long. When myself and Jeff, when we joined the fire department, we got to be rookies for two, three years. We got to learn under these senior guys and gals. Unfortunately, they don't get to. This time next year, they're going to be the grizzled veterans. You know, so times have absolutely changed in the fire service. So it was a good opportunity to kind of get that out there, and it just puts the onus on our experienced firefighters to make sure that we're taking every opportunity to help them, to give them what they need, and at the same time, they need to be grabbing on, grabbing what they can from those experienced firefighters. So, again, we continue to work through this. We continue to work through the issues that we have in the fire service, and I'm confident that we've got the right people in the right in the positions right now where we can start tackling some of this. So, uh, moving right along, uh, last week or two weeks ago, we took delivery of our new tender. Our new engine uh, that we actually have been, it's been in the works for almost four years now. Um, kind of went through COVID with that and it's, it took a long time. The order got canceled once. Uh, the prices went through the roof and we were able to pretty much build an $800,000 truck for $400,000. I'm very proud of our team that spec'd it out. They were throwing a lot of challenges how they're gonna do this. We ended up having to respec it twice to get that number down for us. But uh, the, the finished product is, a fantastic piece of equipment. I know Lisa was able to take a look at it last week at the Fire Protection Council meeting. So the goal is we'll have that truck in service in the next week. Crew's been working hard getting equipment put on it. We saved a lot of money by uh, not having the manufacturer mount everything and put all the mounting brackets on. Our people are doing that. Our volunteers, again, just another example of volunteers. Our volunteer firefighters are doing that. They're putting mounting everything putting in all the extra training that they need to to get that truck in service. I gave them two weeks to get that truck in service, so hopefully we can get it going. Good thing about that truck, once it's in service, we talked about it over the last, I'd say, year now since we introduced the duty crew plan. And, uh, you know, we introduced the duty crew plan how we we're going to restaff our, our department and how we we're going to kind of change the operations. Part of that is we needed to downsize a little bit. We have a lot of equipment. And we needed that equipment the way we were operating. We were operating on a four volunteer fire station spread out a large area. We needed that equipment. We're going to be doing some things a little bit different now, quite a bit different. We're going to be staffing with, out of our two of our stations. So our crew will be at those stations. Um, and then we'll keep our satellite, we're calling them satellite stations. They'll still be there for like the larger calls. Our crew will come back when they're not on shift. They can jump on a truck there and respond to the scene. The good news with that is we don't need as much equipment doing it that way. Um, one of the biggest issues that we're all facing is budgetary issues and then equipment. You can't get equipment right now and the price is going through the roof. 
a fire truck, a new brand new engine, five years ago cost $400,000. Right now it's over a million. And there's no sign of it going down. It's gonna continue to rise, which means we need to continue. The fire service has always done a very good job of getting resourceful of how we're doing things. And we need to get smart about how we're doing things. So we took delivery of that new tender, we turned it into an engine, and we're gonna replace two of our engines with that one truck. Um, those two trucks that we're replacing are coming out of our capital plan, and there's no need to replace those. So you're looking at, right now, $2 million out of our capital plan. That's just an example of the, you know, us trying to do things right, trying to do things a little more streamlined, and then with SBM, trying to continue to be the most bang for your buck. There's only a couple departments in the state that have a lower per capita than us, and we're gonna continue to do that and try to put out the service that we are. So uh, we also started our new mechanic. Our mechanic, uh, as you know, we, we one of the things that we got created with years ago, we needed firefighters during the day, so we hired full-time uh, folks, full-time firefighters to fill those roles. The beauty of our full-time firefighters, they're also filling the roles of a typical municipal fire department. So in a typical municipal fire department, you would have a mechanic. You would have an IT person, you would have a, you know, records tech and so on and so forth. Our records tech, our mechanic is also a firefighter. So they'll be working on our trucks, tones go off, they're jumping on a truck. Same thing with all of our administrative staff. They're jumping on a truck, we're killing two birds with one stone essentially. So our mechanic of 16 years uh, resigned. Uh, he'd got to the point where he'd seen enough fire trucks. Uh, we had the opportunity to kind of rework some things. Uh, because of the price and the cost of fixing these trucks and the size of our fleet, it was getting out of hand. We thought it would be better to hire a fleet manager, someone that can come in and, and really look at our fleet, diagnose our fleet, fix the things that he or can fix, and then farm some things out, you know, some of the bigger things out. What we were finding with our blast mechanic, and this is no blast on him whatsoever, we had a lot of downtime. Truck would go down, he'd be waiting for parts, you know, it'd be two, three weeks, month, two months before we get the truck back in service. Reason being, we weren't a big, you know, when we're competing against the dealerships who have a lot more, you know, trucks coming through, they're able to get the parts. When our mechanic would go and say, hey, I need this alternator, they're like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll get it to you. Uh, it took a long time, so. Now we've got a fleet manager, he's doing a great job. Uh, he's doing a very good job. Rob Payment, he's a former captain or he's a current captain on our volunteer side. He's got 20 years of experience in the emergency apparatus maintenance, so he's fitting right in and he's already tackled a couple very large projects, so we're very pleased with that. And then the last thing I wanted to touch on, just uh, again, looking for opportunities for us to kind of spread our wings. We've got a ton of horsepower, like I always say, with SBM. Um, we're gonna go ahead and jump into the EMS world. What I mean by that is we're not gonna be doing transport or anything like that, but when we took on the EM, or the Centennial Fire District, the leadership of the Centennial Fire District, they had an EMS program. They were teaching EMS, which means EMT, first responder. They were going out and basically competing against some of the larger uh, Alina, M Health, you know, Century College, teaching firefighters, teaching police officers, um, businesses, all these different medical, you know, specialties. We've got that program now. That program is now being rebranded the SBM um, EMS program, and we're hiring a, a coordinator. And our goal is we're going to put, 
you know, we're going to be a, another option for the police departments. We're going to be another option for the fire departments. It's extremely tough right now to get into a class, to find a class. Um, and that's one of the issues that we're having in the fire service when, you know, we'll get people that are interested, but then they're at the mercy of when they can be trained, you know, and we're now going to be another option for them. It may be six months before they can get in a, into a class. We're now going to be another option where we can offer a class. They can be a one-stop shop when they come through SPM now. The academy, fire academy is held at SPM. They can jump right into the EMS Academy. And then the certification, Minnesota State Fire Certification Board is now moved into our Station 3. So literally it's SPM. You need to go to SPM to get certified now. So again, accomplishing one of the goals I wanted to do was getting SPM back on the map. Well, when you want to become a firefighter, you're going to SPM one, one way or another. You're going to get trained. You're going to get certified. So. That's good news for us. We're very excited about that. So it's a huge opportunity for not only making it, again, easier for fire departments, police departments, and businesses to get trained, but it's also a revenue source for us. It's going to be another very good revenue source for us that potentially could fund other things as we move forward. So um, I actually do have one more thing. Um, uh, community relations. Community relations, as you know, is a big thing. SBM is famous for our community relations and our prevention. 2023 was kind of the year we we're going to rebuild that entire division. Over the last six years, we've kind of abandoned it. And uh, some of the programs that we were doing needed some refreshing, and we needed to add some things to keep up with the current you know, society that we're living in right now. One of the things that we brought back was the New Americans Academy. Um, Anoka County had a very strong New Americans Academy, and basically what that is is exactly what it sounds like people that are moving in from all over the world into Anoka, Anoka County. Once they get here, you know, okay, what is this? You know, how do, I, how do I live in this world, so to speak? So SBM combined with uh, Anoka County kind of jumped in and provided those answers. So I had the opportunity last Friday to get up and, again, speak on behalf of all the fire chiefs and all the fire departments in Anoka County, talk about fire safety, talk about the importance of the fire service, how, you know, you don't have to be scared of us. And it's amazing when you look at it around the world, the fire service is looked at as, all due respect to police departments, as a, as the police. And we're there to arrest them, you know, because our uniforms look very similar. And had the opportunity to get up and talk to them and talk about the fire service, talk about that. We're only coming if you call. If you call us, we're going to come and, and uh, it, it to be a very enjoyable experience for me and again it's just an example of SPM and the, some of the things that we're doing out there. Um, Battalion Chief Jeff Lundquist was the one that kind of started that up along with Anoka County. He got it going now with Ramsey County. We'll be doing it in Mounds View in January as well. So SPM will be leading the charge on that. So exciting stuff going on. So I went a little over 10 minutes but uh, a lot. So any questions for me? Yes. Do the two trucks that you're Replacing with one, do they have a resale value that they do. can generate cash for SPM? Yes, Councilmember Wendling, thank you for that question. And that is another uh, big perk to selling these trucks right now because of the current market. Can't get new trucks right now, and the new trucks are extremely expensive. So some of the more rural departments that don't have as much, you know, runs as say a city like us, they're all over these right now, and the market for used trucks has never been so good. So uh, that money will go directly back into our capital fund, and uh, 
again, can be used toward, you know, whatever in our capital fund. So, so uh, we had just sold, we also just sold a couple of our older staff vehicles that we were holding on to, and there was no need to have these things around, so we sold them, and again, they go on the state auction, and, you know, uh, we got $23,000 for a 1995 Jeep. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's it's incredible, absolutely incredible right now what what's what they're bringing. So again, we were able to put that back into our capital funds. So that's super. Uh, you're very forward thinking, especially with uh, uh, the new Americans. I mean, I I have I didn't hear of this before. This is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, and again, it's a it's a great opportunity for us to not only again educate. But it's also, you know, I always have to be looking for the recruiting side of things, too. There's at least a dozen folks from Romania. Um, oh, Romania was the big one. Romania and Ukraine that were extremely interested in the fire service and wanted to know more about us. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, again, when you look at it, it only makes us stronger mm -hmm. as an organization. So, Do they generally um, speak English? They speak broken English right now. So, yeah. But I was very surprised. Um, I was told when I got there to make sure I talked slow and whatnot, and they communi communicated just fine. There was 14 different countries from pretty much every continent that was there. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was pretty neat. That's great. So like I said, we'll be down in Moundsview in January doing the exact same thing. And uh, again, we'll be leading the charge on that one, and for all of Ramsey County, we'll be coming through Moundsview. Um, nice. Um, Lisa? Yeah, you, you had said that, um, you know, this time of year fires are up. Mm -hmm. So do you have any advice for our residents about things that they can do to not, unfortunately, have a fire? Yeah, absolutely. So this time of year when, you know, when we start, we get the first cold days of the year and people start to, I wouldn't say panic, but they, it's almost like that first slippery day, you know, when you're driving. You kind of forget how to drive. And again, just little things, like when you're in your garage working, make sure if you're gonna put some sort of alternative heat method in there, because a lot of folks aren't done working on their, you know, they're winterizing their boats, winterizing their motorcycles and whatnot. Make sure that if you if you have a temporary heat source out there that it, you know, you, again, you don't have things close by, oily rigs, things like that. Just make sure you're checking what you're doing. Make sure it's a, a acceptable heat source. Um, we talk about the New Americans Academy. When folks come over to our country, it's a completely different world on how they're heating their homes. They don't understand how to properly heat their homes sometimes. We're seeing a lot of that. And again, I don't know how much uh, Fire Marshal Baker's seeing, but when they come over, you know, they, you don't use the bathtub to start a fire, you know, to heat your home. And, and that happens, you know. So just again, make sure you're using common sense and uh, use approved heating sources. Make sure you're getting your furnaces checked. Make sure you're getting your, you know, Furnace filters cleaned and things like that. It's just it's just a busy time right now. So, thank well, you, thank you so much. Thank you. We really appreciate you dropping by. And again, thank you for the support. And I always talk about it. We experience at SPM. We experience support from all three of our cities like no other. And when I sit and look at our equipment, I look at the amount of equipment we have. And again, it, it's support from this from uh, from these bodies and uh, we talk about building a culture where we you know want people and need people to be there you know just little things when we have support from the cities support from our stakeholders 
that's everything. You know, when I'm going to the city or going to our crews saying, you know, you go down to our station one right now, you know, we've created an area for them where it shows that, hey, we want you to be here, we want you to be comfortable, and we want you to have everything you need, need to do the job. And that comes from the cities, that comes from our stakeholders, and uh, we appreciate that because I can't fill those lockers without the support. We will do everything in our power to keep that number down dollar-wise, but again, we appreciate the support from all three cities. It's a great, great collaboration that was started back in 1944, and I think you're going to see more and more of it as time goes on where cities are collaborating with each other because I, I think the people that started the, this fire department had a lot of foresight, and I, we, we have all intention of carrying this on, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I believe our city administrator, Dan Bokos, would like to make a statement right now. Uh, th thank you, Acting Mayor Goodbo-Bischoff, members. Um, we received some very sad news this afternoon, um, hearing about the passing of former council member Bill Nash. Uh, he was served on our city council for six years, and I believe he was on the planning commission before that. And um, He was... A great mentor to me uh, I, whenever there would be a situation where I was completely puzzled uh, I, w I could always count on him to pick up the phone and and uh, give me the um, perspective from his vast experience uh, in, in the public sector um, working at the um, Purpose School of the Arts and as well as serving on the council here so um, I know that um, he's touched many lives in our community, and I just want to express on behalf of the City Council and myself and all the staff here in Spring Lake Park our um, deepest sympathies to his wife, Linda, and, and his children and everyone that was in his family and, and anyone that um, knew him. Um, he, he definitely will be missed. I like getting phone calls from complaining about Dan. <laughs> <coughs> not following his lead. I got calls about, the, about me not following his lead. Great man. Thank you, Dan. Uh, discussion from the floor, if there's anyone here that would like to talk on something that is not on our agenda this evening. And we have a gentleman approaching the microphone. Sir, please state your name and your address. Thank you. My name is uh, Derek Lind, and I actually live at uh, in Ramsey, Minnesota, 15230 Germanium Street Northwest. Um, if you're having some cards passed down to you, you should be getting a card or a packet of cards with three cards in it wrapped in a rubber band. If you could get the uh, the gentlemen that are or the, the council members that are not here tonight too, leave some at their desk. So I'm here tonight on behalf of a citizen advocate group called ASIC, and we are a group of people working in Anoka County pushing for election reform at the local level. Basically what we want to do is change our elections back to the way we did them about 30 years ago. Simplify it, get the electronics out of it, that kind of thing. We've been operating at the county level. We've had 30 different citizens give 80 separate presentations directly to the Anoka County Commissioners. And we've been at this for about 18 months, so that's kind of a, a general background of who we are. We're nonpartisan too, by the way. 
I could walk you through these cards real quick. Did you guys have time to pass them all the way down to everybody? Mm -hmm. We'll start off with the blue card. It's a dark blue card. The three problems with our elections today, first of all, there's always going to be people who are going to try to cheat in our elections. That's just a fact of life we've got to live with. It's, it's been that way throughout our history, and it's never going to change. The second problem is no electronics are 100% secure. That's another reality that we have to live with. And the third problem with our, our current system is it's not transparent. You can tell me who won the election, but you didn't see it with your own eyes, and I didn't see it either. We really don't know. And that's, that's a main issue with our, with our system today. If you can look at the second card, there should be a card with a flag on it. These are the six things we've been asking the county to do. Uh, first of all, secure our election judge data. Uh, believe it or not, they farm that out with the private corporation. Verify registered voters, number two. Once upon a time when you um, came to a new county, you'd have to register at the county. What's happening today is a lot of that process is being or taking place at the state level through Department of Motor Vehicles. So we don't know who's coming in and who's coming out on the, on the registration rolls. We, we think the county should be responsible for that. In fact, that's, that's state statute. But they're really not doing anything. They're just taking the state's list. Uh, third thing, validated paper ballots. That, that has to do with chain of custody and things like that with, you know, the mail-in ballots. Number four is a big one, paper poll books. If you guys remember when you used to vote up until, I think it was 2018, you'd walk into your precinct, you'd tell them your name, They'd flip over the paper until they found your address and you'd sign right next to it. That's the way we did it until 2018. That got replaced by electronic poll books. Our advocate group, ACIT, we believe that's where a lot of the dirty work is taking place. In fact, the manufacturer advertises it as a one-stop shop, everything from registration to reporting. We don't know what's going on inside of those electronic poll books. We thought the paper worked just fine. We want to go back to that. So that's one of our big issues. Hand counting paper ballots. You probably weren't aware of this, but the state of Minnesota in May passed a law saying that you have to use the machines. That's a new law. Most of the cities didn't even know that. We didn't even know about it until a month after the law passed. It was tucked in with an omnibus. We want the county to hand count. Well, obviously there's this law you gotta deal with, so we're, what we're asking for is that you run the, run the votes through the machine, and then let's do a parallel count alongside see if we get the same total. And the sixth item is small voting precincts. We're actually already kind of doing that. Uh, Noka County has 128 precincts. In the midterms, we averaged 1,200 voters per precinct. In the presidential election, it was about 1,800 voters per precinct, depending on where you live. So we're not as big as everybody thinks. If we want to do this stuff, it's not that hard. We really shouldn't need this kind of technology to handle that kind of volume. If you could look at the third card, please, there should be a guy with a hat on there. His name is Mark Cook. He's considered one of the top cybersecurity election experts in the country. He did a 90-minute Zoom call with two of our Anoka County commissioners, Commissioner Reinert and Commissioner Look. He showed them how to hack into the machines, and then he told them point blank, you cannot trust this current system. you got to do something. Um, to the right, he's got his election ecosystem basically breaks down the, the four or five parts to our election system. It's real simple. You register a voter, you validate that voter, you count the votes, and then you report the totals. Now, all of those things used to be done at the local level. 
the city level. What's happening is that's being shifted over to the state using the machines and the electronics and, and the pole pads. And ultimately, they want to move it to the federal level. They want to standardize this stuff across the country. Believe it or not, there's, there's legislation that's sponsored right now to standardize a lot of this stuff at the federal level. What we say is a solution to election reform is keep it at the local level where we can keep an eye on our own elections. That's where we vote. That's where we should count it. That's where we should all be looking. So one other thing I want to bring up, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with cast vote records. When they first came out with these machines, one of the criticisms were they're not transparent. We can't tell what's going on inside these machines. So the compromise was the manufacturers designed this thing called a cast vote record. It would show you how the votes came in. Let's say, for example, 100 votes come in for Trump and none come in for Biden. That, that would show up on the cast vote record. And you could say, hey, that looks strange. Let's, let's take a closer look at that. We asked Anoka County for the cast vote records. They said they didn't have them. State of, the state of Minnesota said they didn't exist. And then the state of Minnesota passed a law saying, okay, they do exist, but you're not going to get them. So we're not able to get at the cast vote records anymore. That's just an example of losing that transparency that, that we think we need to come back to. I know I probably caught you off guard by coming in here tonight and talking about this subject, but do you have any <coughs> questions for me? Are you doing this with other counties you know, in it's Minnesota? Funny say, it's funny you say that. I'm, in, I'm going to another county tomorrow. When, when this started, we had about 15 counties going in the Twin City metro area. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it started, it actually started up in Crow Wing, then it spread down to like Sherburn, Dakota. We have about, we have about 20 people that are actively meeting every week. Dakota had 60. So yeah, there's, there's other counties going on. We're not working with them as much, but we're starting to do a little, a little bit more of that now. The reason for that is we were focusing, our Anoka team was focusing just on our county commissioners. And we did that for quite a while. We're still continuing to do that. We're just, we're spreading out. Mm -hmm. um, I think you're the 15th city we've been to. I was at Ham Lake a little bit earlier tonight. So we're just kind of making the rounds and introducing our, ourselves and making you aware that, that we exist. So, mm -hmm. Any other questions? Thank you very much for your time. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. You too. Um, uh, on to the consent agenda. A, approval of minutes, October 16th, 2023, City Council meeting. B, City Administrator Performance evalu uh, Evaluation Statement. C, Mayor's Proclamation, Veterans Day, November 11th, 2023. D, Contractor's Licenses. F, Business Licenses. I would like to pull out C, Veterans Day, and turn it over to Ken. I'm not going to read the whereas's that Dan Lake's putting in these proclamations, <laughs> but I just want to have the city on myself and my fellow council members uh, say thank you to our veterans, to our people who are in a service now. Uh, there is many uh, memorial services or Veterans Day services going on on the 11th all over the state. Uh, I'm having a hard time picking if I want to go to Stillwater or up to Hugo or whatever else. Uh, but then there's also restaurants and other businesses that are uh, giving low-priced food or free food uh, all around. So go on to Facebook, uh, check social media, find out where you can go. But 
thank you to my fellow veterans and people deployed. Well, thank you, and thank you, Ken. Can I make um, a motion to approve the consent agenda then? Yes, would you please? <laughs> thank you, I make that motion. <laughs> Dan, would you call the roll? Council members Wendling? Aye. Dirks? Aye. Acting? Aye. Okay, on to department reports. A public works report with Terry Randall. Thank you, uh, Acting Madam Mayor, Goodwill Bischoff, and Council. Um, the public works report is in your packet. A few of the highlights, we are out patching streets. Uh, we've got a little bit left to go, but um, it's nothing serious. Uh, all of our fire hydrants have been checked and drained, pumped. Uh, the ones that did not drain, so everything is good for winter there. Um, we did get the opportunity to uh, plow snow on the 31st, but uh, everything went well. No breakdowns, so everything is good. And uh, last thing I have, I continue to train George in on uh, doing my job, and hopefully he's learning a lot. Uh, I know he is. He's got both feet in and going so everything is good so that's basically all I have okay thank you and I, I want to mention that uh, George Lindgren is in the audience and he will be taking over Terry's job come um, I guess January is it um, probably right after Christmas okay thank you thank you um, code and mayor I noticed today that there's a street sweeping vehicle up at the third. Uh, how soon before that goes out? Um, they're out sweeping now. Oh, okay. Yes, they're up uh, 82nd block in that area. So yeah, they they were going 10 hours today. So yeah, there's going to pick up a lot of leaves and yep. unfortunately yep. there'll be more leaves. Well, our goal is to get you know get them up as soon as we can here because the weather can turn any time. So uh -huh. so. We'll get them picked up. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, code enforcement report with Jeff Baker. Thank you, Madam Mayor and members of the council. The full code enforcement report for October is in the packet. Uh, a couple of highlights will be the amount of rental inspections that need to be done. There's 29 total. 21 need full inspection. Eight of those, eight of the 29 just need the common areas and multifamily. Um, I did not pull current records as of date today. But um, looking at Inspector Morris's calendar, it's, it's filling up the next few weeks. So I would imagine it's, it's, it's probably under 20 as we sit now, which you know, needs a little bit of uh, pushing to get it going. Uh, they've been notified five different times by mail and then multiple email, or two emails since and phone calls as well. So they're, everyone that owns a rental property within the city has been well aware of uh, the date that's coming, whether they're setting their inspections up is, is on them right now. So I'll uh, update that as we keep going along. Some construction update, the new car wash on 83rd and University. I haven't been out there since the last report I gave. It's, it seems like it's at a standstill. There is material on site in the parking lot with, with car washing equipment, but uh, hopefully uh, next time I'm here I'll have a, a better update of that. But the big ones, uh, the 7900 McKinley's, the new home down the road that's had, it's uh, 
actually we did the final the framing today so it's going to start really turning into a, a home here shortly it's a nice size home good addition to the city and uh looks great um that's all i have for this month's uh report if you have any questions now is time anybody no thanks jeff thank you so much Moving on to ordinances and or resolutions. Resolution 2023-40, approving the tentative agreement between the City of Spring Lake Park and LELS Local number 265, representing the Sergeant's Bargaining Unit for the calendar year 2024-25, Dan. Uh, thank you, Acting Mayor and members. Uh, we, the Negotiation Committee, um, <coughs> Uh, made up of uh, Mayor Nelson and Council Member Wendling, uh, met with the Sergeant's Negotiating Group uh, on um, August 27th. Uh, we were able to come to a uh, agreement, a tentative agreement uh, that has been approved by LELS Local 265. So the next step is ratification from the Council. So um, the Negotiation Committee is recommending approval of the 2024-25 union contract as outlined in the resolution. Questions? No. I need a motion to approve. I'll make that motion to approve 2023-40. Thank you, Ken. Uh, Dan, would you read the um, roll call? Council members Wendling? Aye. Dirks? Aye. Acting Mayor Goodbo Bischoff? Aye. B, resolution 2023-41, approving a conditional use permit for a dog kennel license at 7925 6th Street Northeast. Uh, Dan or uh, Lisa? Yeah, thank you. Take this? Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. And if, if uh, Council Member Dirks has anything to add as the liaison, um, she's more than welcome to do that. So I won't read through the entire memorandum that was in the packet, but uh, we did receive an application from Alexandra Rivera Sedano uh, at 7925 6th Street Northeast uh, requesting a conditional use permit for her property uh, to allow four dogs at her single family home. Uh, it's the definition of uh, kennel private that's in the ordinance that triggers the CUP, and that's if someone keeps three or more dogs over six months of age on a property occupied by the dog owner for residential purposes and where it's incidental um, to the occupancy um, requires a conditional use permit. Uh, the property is owned R1, which is our single family district. Um, the commission reviewed the application, determined that there were no um, uh, negative effects on others' uh, use and enjoyment of their properties um, and minimal uh, noise and um, and odor nuisances, and uh, just noted that um, that uh, one of the dogs has been with the family for 13 years, and the other three uh, were rescued from a bad situation. Uh, the ordinance or city of code requires kennels to be licensed. Uh, that that is um, applies to any person who owns more than. Uh, then three dogs, and then each individual dog is required to be licensed and registered. Uh, the Planning Commission reviewed the criteria for conditional use permits that are outlined in the code 16.04.060. Uh, 
uh, determined that um, it was uh, that it was a um, compatible use with the zoning district and recommended approval. Uh, the commission did hold a public hearing on that on this application on the 23rd, and no one besides the applicant spoke on the application. So, uh, we're recommending approval, uh, subject to the conditions uh, that the owner shall keep up-to-date licenses for the kennel and individual dogs. The owner shall take appropriate steps to clean up the yard at regular intervals through the entire year to eliminate smell for adjacent neighbors. Uh, the dogs shall be contained within a fenced yard, and all actions necessary shall be taken to reduce incessant barking outside. Thank you. Any questions? No. no? Um, I read the packet. I uh, saw the Planning Commission meeting, and uh, these uh, appear to be very caring individuals, and I think we should approve this. Yes? Yes, I'll make a motion to approve the conditional per, uh, permit for dog cattle. That motion was made by Councilmember Ken <laughs> Wendling. Dan, would you please call the roll? Council members Wendling? Aye. Dirks? Aye. Acting Mayor Goodwill Bischoff? Aye. Uh, new business. A, acceptance letter of retirement from Public Works Director Terry Randall. Terry? <laughs> <laughs> I just submitted my my letter of intention to retire in the packet. I don't have the letter in front of me. My intentions are my last working day will be December 22nd of this year. My last day of employment will be July 5th of 2024 because I'm going to use up my vacation and my comp time to retire. Well, you've taken care of us, the city, for a long time, and you've done fabulous. And you handpicked George for to follow, so I'm sure everything's going to just work out just fine. George will do a great job. You know, he, him and I have worked together in Columbia Heights, and we went our separate ways, and now we're back together again. And yep. he's kind of just like me, so mm -hmm. hope things things work out well for him. Do you think he'll keep you on speed dial? Thank you. Uh, I hope so. You know, and I tell my guys the same thing. Don't be afraid to call. I'm always here to help. So, Thank you, Terry. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for your service, and I hope that you have an amazing retirement. Thank you. What part of Florida? Fort Myers. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. 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 I need a, a motion to accept. I'll make that motion. Motion has been made by Councilmember Lisa Dirks. Uh, Dan, would you call the roll? Council members Wendling? Aye. Dirks? Aye. Acting Mayor Goodwill Bischoff? Aye. B, authorization to purchase of storage container. Dan? Uh, thank you, Acting Mayor members. Uh, we are taking a lot of actions um, over the next um, several weeks and meetings to prepare for the uh, possible renovation of City Hall and this is one of those steps so we need uh, purchase a storage container to store uh, equipment and park and rec supplies mm -hmm. while we're in the process of doing the renovation uh, 
uh, George um, went through and received quotes from four companies and uh, determined the lowest um, uh, quote at 2708, and including and that includes delivery. Uh, so we'll receive that. We'll start the process of moving equipment into the into the storage container, and then at the end of that period, uh, then when we're done with it, then we will put it up for sale and, and sell it. So it's not a permanent um, uh, fixture here. It will be a temporary fixture. It just ends up being the most cost effective uh, solution to purchase a storage container versus doing a rental. Great. Um, questions? Council? Nope. Nope. I need a motion on that. I'll make the motion to approve the purchase of the storage container. Motion was made by Councilmember Lisa Dirks. Dan, would you please read the roll call? Councilmember Wendling? Aye. Dirks? Aye. Acting Mayor Goodwill Bischoff? Aye. C, authorization... Authorized construction of additional dumpster bays. Dan. We'll turn that over to Terry, actually. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, <clears throat> I'm requesting to uh, up, upgrade our uh, dumpster bays, add two on. The two existing ones that we have now, the preferred two, we've decided to put our fuel tanks in there. Um, we have to move the fuel tanks, and that's the most economical place for us to move them to. So I got a price here to build two additionals to the east so we can accommodate our dumpsters. I just got one price from that uh, for 11634 That will come out of the recycling fund. So really it's not coming out of anything else. Um, hopefully we can get our fuel tanks moved soon. We're going to put our uh, power in. When are you going to be doing this? Uh, soon. Soon. Okay. <laughs> so that take up the area where the bicycles are. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Lisa, anything? No? I need Dan, would you please read the roll call? Council members Wendling? Aye. Dirks? Aye. Acting Mayor Goodbull Bischoff? Aye. D. Approved contract with Excel Energy and Slipstream Group. Inc. for collection of fluorescent lamps. Uh, thank, thank you, Acting Mayor and members. Uh, we have um, presenting an agreement um, with Excel Energy and then through their um, uh, contractor Slipstream Group uh, to do the uh, fluorescent bulb collection again. That is something that um, we have done for many years and, and um, 
So we receive 100% reimbursement of all the costs for the collection and the costs of recycling those, um, those fluorescent bulbs. So uh, it's a good deal um, for, uh, for the city and for its residents. And I think John has a couple tweaks to the agreement. So the motion will really be to approve the agreement subject to the city attorney's final approval. Do you need to speak on this? Uh, I don't need to, to say more than that, uh, Acting Mayor. It would just be, I'm asking for the approval just to be contingent upon some minor revisions that I will make after the fact. Nothing uh, nothing major, but just a couple of Okay, minor super. Uh, questions, anyone? No. No? Okay, I need a motion. I'll make the motion to approve the contract with Excel Energy slash Slipstream. Thank you, Lisa. Um, motion was made by Councilmember Lisa Dirks. Uh, Dan, would you read the roll call? And Dan, can I, if, I, if I may, just to clarify the motion, then uh, Councilmember, oh. can I have that that authority as well to to make some final minor revisions? Of course. As well? okay. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> just wanted that to be part of the motion. Okay, well, I'm sure we got all that. Thank you, Dan. Uh, Councilmember Wendling. Aye. Councilmember Dirks. Aye. Acting Mayor Goodwill Bischoff. Aye. Reports, attorney's report with John Thames. Thank you, Acting Mayor, members of council. I, I don't have any report this evening. I uh, would just on a personal level share my sadness as well in hearing about Bill Nash, and I agree he will be missed. Uh, also offer my congratulations to Terry on his uh, announced retirement. That's all I have. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, B, engineer's report, and Phil is not here this evening. Uh, C, administrator's report, Dan. Uh, thank you, acting mayor and members. A couple of things here. We uh, will be closed here at City Hall on Friday to observe Veterans Day, and that's a Saturday. Uh, so just, just so folks know that we will be closed on Friday. Uh, we've been doing a lot of work um, preparing for uh, the renovation. Uh, bids have gone out. Uh, the requester bids has gone out. Uh, that's been published. We held a pre-bid meeting that was mandatory for contractors to attend on on Thursday, this past Thursday, and we received a great turnout. Um, I think uh, folks representing 12 general contractors were in attendance, so that was um, uh, it was really good to see that there was some interest in here. Uh, Chief Antoine uh, mentioned to me when all those folks were going around the building looking at things, he told me, he said, this is starting to feel real. And, and, it, re and it really is. So uh, before, right before that, uh, all the department heads met with the architect to go through page by page the plan set uh, for that and if we had any corrections um, uh, for the addendum that, that is being put together and will be uh, sent out this week. So. Um, things are moving along on that. Uh, we will, at the next council meeting, have a resolution calling for the public hearing on the capital improvement plan for the building, uh, for the bonds. Um, that, will, that public hearing will happen on December 18th. Uh, we hope to uh, award, uh, sell the bonds, award uh, bids uh, the fourth Monday in January, just how the calendar days work out for, for all of the requirements there. So. Um, 
Uh, as you recall, we had a uh, improvement hearing for the redoing San Bernal on 83rd, and, and several residents asked about a sidewalk. So I've been uh, in a number of meetings uh, with Representative Cagle and looking for funding for that sidewalk piece. So uh, that's ongoing. And then BSNA will be on site um, meeting with staff to find out how we do all of our processes for, for the various um, uh, systems in our financial management and and uh, so that the, so that the system is built out the way we want it to be so they'll be here the next two days and that's all I have thank you thank you Dan uh, <clears throat> correspondence uh, it's in our packet uh, I wanted to mention that uh, we had coffee with a cop which was about 10 days ago and it was very nice it was at night and uh, and our chief is here to talk about that. Yes, thank you, Acting Mayor uh, Barbara Goodbold Bischoff. Um, we did have a uh, coffee with a cop at High V. Um, we uh, tried something a little bit different this time. Um, every once in a while, when we'll have them during the day, we'll get on Facebook that it'd be nice to have a night one um, for those mm -hmm. that can't make it. And uh, we tried that, and uh, it went very well. Mm -hmm. uh, we're very thankful to uh, to High V. Uh, instead of providing donuts and coffee this time, they provided pizza um, and coffee. So um, it was great. Uh, hy V is just a great partner, and um, we're, we're thankful to have them uh, to, to put on those coffee with cops with us. So we'll be looking uh, here in the near future to do something. Um, we're going to do pizza again here at the City Hall um, and uh, try and get as many people in as possible and just... Um, it's similar to a coffee with a cop, but it'll be more of a community meeting um, where people can bring in questions and we'll answer them to the best of our ability. So, and, and, that, thank, and that's going to be at City Hall? Yeah, we're going to plan on that at the City Hall uh, probably sometime uh, late this year, early next year. Great. Thank you. I need a motion to close the City Council meeting pursuant to MS 13D03. <laughs> Parentheses one <laughs> to discuss labor negotiation <laughs> strategies. Ken. <laughs> yes. Okay. Dan, would you please call the roll call? Council members Wendling. Aye. Dirks. Aye. Acting Mayor Goodwill Bischoff. Aye. And we will be back soon. Yep. Uh, we are back from our closed session and. Uh, <coughs> I'm turning this over to our attorney, John Thames. Thank you, Acting Mayor. Uh, for public benefit, uh, City Council just adjourned a closed session just to discuss labor negotiation strategies. Uh, meeting was closed pursuant to Minnesota Statute 13D.03, Subdivision 1B. Uh, staff has been given direction. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't think we have anything else to discuss tonight. Do no, we? Oh, Ken has yes, something. I yes. I have two questions. Okay. Uh, the car wash on 83rd and the frontage road was purchased by somebody else. So I was wondering if city knew who the new purchases were. And I don't. Okay. And then uh, rent to travel and perfect 10 auto. Uh, have they moved forward on any plans on that at all? I, I have gotten inquiry, uh, but um, I, that, that is not uh, for certain. Okay. Okay, well, thank you. Well, um, I need a motion to adjourn tonight's meeting, and I will turn that to Kenny. Oh, 
Thank you, Barbara. Absolutely. Mayor. Uh, I make the motion for us to adjourn tonight. All in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you.